Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's interview with High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersysGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we speak to a legend from the cannabis community, Jeff Lowenfels. He is the author of a series of books called Teaming with Microbes, Teaming with Nutrients, Teaming with Fungi, and he also has a new book where he speaks about autoflowers as well. So this guy is super cool. We had a long two-hour discussion with him about all sorts of things, the, the history of the cannabis community, his time with Jorge Cervantes and other legends in the cannabis community as well. Really good interview, man. This is a super cool one. So roll yourself something fat, maybe two, because it's a long one. And just enjoy this interview. Uh, we'll get straight into it and we'll see you at the end of this. Enjoy, everybody. Hello, how you doing? Hey, Jeff. Thank you very much for joining us, man. Sure. Where are you guys? Uh, well, there's three of us right now. We're having the Canadian guy. He's having trouble with his PC right now. He's trying to join, but it will be here in a minute. It is the soil guru. But uh, I am Mackie. I am from the UK. So still in an illegal place over here. It's not cool. Oh, but, uh, And then we also have Monkey Do. You want to say hello, hello Monkey? Hey, Jeff, it's Monkey down here in the southeast U.S., also, unfortunately, in an illegal place right now. I hope you're good today. Yeah, I'm great. I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. It's been legal since 1975 in the privacy of your wow. home. So Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. And we I'm also doing. have a bubble hawk. He is on the other side of the coin way down in Australia. Good day, uh -huh. Jeff. Bubble uh, hawk here. That. Now, that's where I want to be today. I want to be down in Australia where it's summer, because here it's winter. I'm in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's cold, and it's just beginning to snow. Oh, God. Well, it must be really uh, cold all the way out there. It, yeah, it was 11 degrees the other day. That's Fahrenheit, so that's, yeah, that's that cold. That is cold. Well, yeah. I'm down here around the Gulf, Gulf uh, of Mexico area in shorts, oh, t-shirt, and I was mowing the grass earlier. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. Everything but mowing the grass sounds good to me. <laughs> well, it's not too bad as long as it's a riding mower. So you know what I mean? Uh, good so he's just man. chilling, going around, smoking a joint, you know, yeah, chilling his t-shirt. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So how does this do? Are, are you, you guys are able to see me, obviously. But yeah, uh, I mean, it, do, do your listeners also see us? or, or Yeah, well, the, we hide behind our avatars because we can't let oh, yeah, the, yeah. the uh, authorities see our faces. No face, no case is what we like to say. Right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear uh, you. But yeah, they, no, the they'll can see you. Yeah, because yeah, I can I can possibly, depending on what we're talking about, uh, throw up a couple of slides here oh that'd be cool um, yeah you just do you you know do whatever you want to do and then okay i, I don't know if i'm allowed you know do i have to am i allowed to share a screen while we're talking yeah about i can screen. give you that ability right here if you've got screens to share no problem Mackie, yeah let's might see. Be I'm, more just interesting. Gonna, I'm just gonna oh there you go look at that somebody yeah hey. might be just more interesting if you pin jeff's uh video so everybody can see him but people want to see my lovely avatar as well, don't they? Well, I mean, they've seen our avatar so many times, if you know what there I mean. There we go. There we go. Okay, so you're yeah, also pinned that. as well, Jeff. And you can share screen. If you press Alt-S, if you can't see the share screen option, just press Alt and S on your keyboard, and you'll be able Oops, to share screen. From there. Of course, like an idiot, because I'm too old, I did Command-F. Alt-F. S, sorry. Mm -hmm. S. 
Oh, Sierra oh, Silva. Yeah. Huh. Old Earth, did it work Let's for you? I got a little share screen thing here. Let me see. I'll just push that. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. Go. A little Hold screen pops up and it gives you options of which screen to share. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah of course. Then you're all good. All right. Awesome. Real yeah. professional, oh, then, Jeff. Real professional. Uh, you know, I usually <laughs> do this about 15 times a week, but it's just such a pain in the butt every time because uh, I'm, too, I'm too old to do this. And frankly, guys, normally I'm a little stoned when I do it. So, uh, <laughs> You know, that. it's a little, it can be a little tough. Uh, okay, let's just. But well, our interviews are always a, a more laid back kind of thing. So you just do whatever you want to do. You know, you don't have to okay. do all the slideshow if you don't want to. If there's stuff you want to show, then that's cool as well. Just relax and just have let's a friendly that. conversation with us. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, why does it do this on me? Okay, so anyway, I've got, <laughs> can you see that screen thing here or do I have to go like this? Yes, that, that's the email. Everybody can oh, see nice. what, what I'm like an email version now. Thank God, I don't have any of the porn <laughs> pornography on. How about now? Can you see that? Lovely. That's the yeah. That's uh, got your okay. books on the side there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just leave that there for 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 a moment because we may not even be talking about anything that has anything to do with the, what I've got on the on, on this uh, thing here. But uh, anyway, it's a pleasure to be here today. It's night for you guys, I guess, or afternoon, but... Yeah, nighttime uh, for me. It's very early morning for Bubba Hawk. Is at six o'clock in the morning right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Bright and, bright and early, staring down the barrel of a 28C day, so not yeah, uh, not not too bad here at all. But it's good. I get I get to have breakfast dabs, so that's always good. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. I've only been to Australia <laughs> once. I've been to England a couple of times, uh, and I've been... Unlucky. <laughs> uh, but I've been in Perth and I had a great time and I was about to come back. I mean, literally a week away and COVID hit and I was still going to come and tell that funny actor, what's his name? Uh, uh, he, he was the first American to really get it uh, in Australia. And of course, uh, T Tom Hanks. The I, I was thinking Tom uh, Hanks, but then I was also right, thinking yeah. Russell Crowe when you said Australia. It's like, hmm. no, 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 no. Right. So, I mean, I was, I had my tickets purchased. Everything was, I was going to give a talk down there. And, and apparently uh, you've got some states down there where you've just begun to legalize. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, a ACT, so the Australian Capital Territory um, would be, it's the only state that it's legal here. Um, and technically, it's more that it's decriminalised more than anything else, but they are right. starting to um, decriminalise small amounts of illicit drugs there as well. So they're yeah. kind of the, the one state slash territory that's really getting some movement going, which is awesome. Um, so we're just sort of hoping that that starts everything else from there on out. Yeah, it should. Uh, and it will. I mean, it's... Crazy. And we just uh, uh we just had Temple Grower join us as well. If you want to say hi there, TG. Hey, hey, hey Jeff. So you're in a legal you? state. You're in I am, state. yeah. I'm up in Canada here. Very, very nice oh, to meet oh, you. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. Nice to meet you. And where in Canada? Um, I'm in the middle of Saskatchewan in the prairies in Saskatoon. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. He's a flatlander, as we've heard him yeah. refer to before. Yes, yeah, I guess you could yeah. say that. It's pretty flat. <laughs> to where I live, you are. There's no question about that. Uh, so, yeah. good. Well, excellent. Excellent. Uh, and what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> uh, we want to talk about Jeff Lowenfiles, man. We want oh. to we know you guys. Big fan. That's right. Family. Because you are well known in the cannabis growing community for the series of books that you wrote, which are teaming with microbes, yeah. teaming with nutrients, and teaming with fungi. 
But you oh, also wait, 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 wait. you have the wait, new wait. one, right? Yeah, teaming with bacteria. You can see it right over here. See? Yeah. So this is the newest uh, one of the series, right? Teaming with bacteria is that the new one? Right, right. And if and if I were to read these in a, in a in an order, and I probably ought to. Whoops. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, if I, I I would start with teaming with microbes. Mm -hmm. uh, because that explains the soil food web developed by Dr. Elaine Ingham. Uh, it, 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 when it was introduced to the world, basically, that was 2006, and that's the 2006 version. Uh, what happened was that, that mycorrhizal fungi became a thing. I mean, they, we knew about them, but all of a sudden you could buy them. We, there are only eight or 13 of them that were able to duplicate in the lab. I think there's 350 of them, but but you could buy them and use them. And, and if you did it the right way, they had a real impact. Uh, and so I had to do a second book. Uh, and, and then, uh, 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 actually I did this one in between, but we'll talk about that later. And so I would read this one next, and then I would do this thing with bacteria because it, it reveals a new uh, branch to the soil food web that Dr. Elaine uh, popularized. And, and it is, very important, particularly to cannabis growers, that they understand the rhizophagy cycle. It's a terrible name for a book. It's never going to make the New York <laughs> Times bestseller list. But if you're a grower, you want to know about endophytic bacteria and you want to know about the rhizophagy cycle. So I would read that that one second. Uh, uh, um, excuse me, probably second, and this one third, uh, just because this one uh, really adds a gigantic chunk to the Dr. Elaine story, basically. Uh, so I would go teaming with microbes, then I would go uh, teaming with bacteria, then teaming with fungi, and then teaming with nutrients, which is a separate kind of book in a sense, because these first books describe where the nutrients come from, and then this one describes how they get into the plant uh, and what they do once they're in the plant. And, and so, uh, if you have that kind of an understanding of, of where the nutrients come from and how they get into the plant, you can be a very organic grower. That's, mm -hmm. That has always been my goal. I mean, it's an awesome series. I, I have the, the first three on my iPad. I downloaded them a long time ago, but I still haven't uh -huh. got around to reading them because I just don't find the time to read much anymore. I was hoping that I could like, download them from apple and like matrix they just get downloaded into my brain and i have this knowledge but it didn't work well, out you that can. way you, you can know? we have audible audible you oh can cool to. yeah that's yes. a good point actually you can even do that damn yeah that's a really audible. good idea they're very Which well presented a good idea except i the, they tell me that they did this teaming with bacteria in audible uh and uh it, i've i the, i use an awful lot of bacterial names that I can't pronounce, never could pronounce, <laughs> never will pronounce, uh, and never will remember either, because you don't have to remember all of these things. Uh, and if, if they have an audible, <laughs> mm. I pity the person who had to read this. So you didn't read it then, no? I, I did not read it. I didn't even know they were going to do it. The first one, uh, I did not read. I haven't read any of these. I didn't know they were doing it. They got the guy that did a John who's an, a famous American comedian uh, thinker uh, and they got he wrote a book and the same guy who did his book did this teaming with microbes cool uh, so maybe it's funny I don't know um, hmm. but anyway uh, that's the series and then I wrote a book on auto flowering cannabis with a Canadian publisher I might I might add 
because uh, at the time, uh, people were not taking uh, auto flowering cannabis seriously. And, and, and I wanted to try to rectify that because I think uh, ultimately when, when if, for example, in Australia, you're able to grow it out in the open, uh, the auto flower cannabis is gonna be what, what everybody grows because it's a phenomenal plant. So we can talk about any of these things uh, or even uh, just other things if you'd like. Uh, I noticed that some of your guests are, uh, are some of my long time acquaintances um, mm. uh, and I, I get a kick out of that because cool. <laughs> I, I remember when, when Jorge Cervantes uh, uh, sat down, we were in a, in a uh, sort of a drugstore coffee shop before coffee was uh, all latte and all that garbage. And, and, and he said to me, do you think I could write books on, on marijuana? That was the word he used uh, on marijuana and get away with it. Uh, wow. <laughs> fellows who were behind the screen right now, mm -hmm. Jorge, uh, came up with that name uh, and put the sunglasses on uh, and, and the dreads, <laughs> yeah, and the, everything. I mean, and, and uh, uh, look at him today. Wow, me goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Ed Rosenthal, goodness gracious. Uh, well, you, you you really need to speak to Tom Alexander, uh, who who's an American who uh, really is one of the guys that's responsible for the legalization of cannabis in the United States and nobody's ever heard of him. Awesome. Uh, he had, definitely get him. He, on. Had a, he had a magazine called Sansamia Tips, started out as sort of a mimeograph sheet um, and, and he, he popularized the word Sansamia. Uh, he ended up along with, uh, uh, he ended up being part of something called Operation Green Merchant. I'm wandering all over here. There's no order to this stuff. But Operation Green Merchant was a terrible thing that happened in, in America where uh, the uh, DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, went after everybody who uh, uh, got a subscription to a magazine called High Times, which is still in business, mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, Sansamia Tips. And so uh, the idea was that there was this big conspiracy. And if you advertised in either of those two magazines, you, you were clearly in the dope business somehow. Uh, and they were, anyway, the DEA raided everybody who was sort of wholesaling uh, and advertising and, and selling these two magazines, all, no the, all the light stores and grocery stores and everything else. Uh, and, and they, it was just the craziest thing in the world. But Tom Alexander, uh, was forced as a result of his shop being seized uh, to never again uh, write about cannabis. Whoa. And, uh, yeah. So, but he's a terrific guy and a great storyteller and you will put you together. Uh, he's really, he's really quite something, but, and I do use the word cannabis. I try never to use the word marijuana. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think when you say marijuana, you're putting a statue up to Harry Enslinger, who is the American, uh guy that really aka really, really, batman yeah <laughs> yes exactly. a terrible guy a terrible guy and so so i always use the word cannabis uh because that's what it is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so have you been a cannabis user for a long time then uh I, now that my parents aren't around i will tell you yes I, I, <laughs> I, no of course uh i started in college which was 19 oh my god 
and no wonder I don't have any hair, 1967. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was maybe 68, somewhere right in there. And, uh, and what was I your studying? About, was, was, was this something that you thought you would get into with writing cannabis books? Well, growing yeah. books. Oh, no, I was studying geology at the time. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> TG is a geologist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, I was studying geology at the time. And, uh, uh, but it was, you know, that's, this is when everybody, you know, my age, Vietnam War, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. This is when, when we all started smoking weed. And, and, and we did. And so I always continued to do so and uh, would grow it occasionally. And, uh, and, and then, of course, when I came to Alaska in 1973, uh, you know, pretty, pretty loose place. And then in 1975, our Supreme Court uh, said, you have the right uh, to grow cannabis and to use cannabis in the privacy, anywhere you have an expectation of privacy. Uh, I was an assistant attorney general at the time uh, and had a hand in writing the opinion as to where, where you have a right to privacy. Phone booth? No. Uh, you know, uh, uh, hotel really room? Cool. Hotel room? Yes. Yes. You know, whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, fascinating. Uh, and, and it's been legal. And then, of course, we, we became legal like the other states in the United States. And it's coming, folks. Uh, I think... I I'm hoping that the Republicans in the United States now see how important the youth vote is. Yeah, huh? uh, they made a big difference this time around. Yeah, although although here in Alaska, we, we had a congressman, Don Young, who was a Republican, and he was head of the Cannabis Caucus, they called it. Uh, I didn't know there was such a thing, and but there is, and, and uh, it's going to happen. So it'll be... So he's pro-cannabis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And why not? The state, you know, mm -hmm. this is a legal state. If you're a senator from Colorado uh, and you're not pro-cannabis, you're cutting off billion, couple of billion dollars with the tax revenue. You, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's going to it's happening when the president of the United States makes a public announcement about it, which Biden did a couple of, you know, a couple of three or four or five weeks ago. Yeah, uh, they're going to reschedule it. It's coming. So. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't mean to get into the politics, but uh, oh, we do it. Too. We do a lot here. We do a lot of politics okay. here. <laughs> so it's coming. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's definitely coming. And the, and the political winds have clearly changed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so much more relaxed. Uh, Oregon, Colorado, you know, Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma. Now. Maryland. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's happening everywhere. So it's just a terrific thing. In fact, I gave a talk last night to a Maryland garden club. You know, I, wow. I, you give you give talks to cannabis conventions, you give talks to things like the Emerald Cup, and then you give talks to, and I, I don't mean to be pejorative, little old ladies in tennis sneakers <laughs> with little old guys like me, you know, sitting there next to them. Uh, and and that's what I did last night in Maryland. And, and I... I had some pictures of trichomes. No way. So uh, these, these old ladies in their, their tennis sneakers are looking at growing cannabis as well. Yeah, well, uh, they probably are growing cannabis. And, okay. and I, I, I went into growing, uh, and we, we should definitely talk about this. I don't know how much time we have. But, uh, as much time uh, as you like, no rush. Well, we should, we should get into the, the, the rise of endophytic bacteria because it turns out that the bacteria in the trichomes 
is what gives your individual cannabis its cannabinoids and flavonoids and mm-hmm. all sorts of great stuff. Now, you know, we've always known that the trichomes are, are, are key, uh, sansamia tips, uh, but, but now we know what's going on with these specialized bacteria, which we should definitely talk about. Uh, you know, when I can do this, I can go like this. Whoops. You can share screen again now because I'll put yeah, your I'm face gonna, back I, on. I too. won't come back again. I'm just going to yeah. get up to the top of this thing uh, and, and, and we can have the quick little chit chat. Yes. Uh, I got a question for you, Jeff, about your, your early days there. Um, yeah, sure. We're, we're, you're from the Pacific Northwest originally, right? That's kind of where you're, you're saying. No, I'm actually, I'm actually from New York. Oh, Ooh. so your, your yeah. schooling was done out there then. Um, yeah, so I, I, gonna, I grew up in, I grew up in New York. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I was going to ask like how close you were, like you knew Jorge back in the old, old days. Uh, were you, yeah. were you into like the, the Seattle Greg Northern Lights crew or any of that kind of stuff? No, and, what uh, happened? Yeah. You know, what happened was the, the garden writers of America uh, uh, was a big group. And I went to my first convention and I walked or second convention and I walked in it, it was in a hotel it was, that had the Shriners there. And they were all riding around on these little teeny bicycles in the lobby of the hotel, drunk out of their minds. And there are these two guys there that were clearly not Shriners. And, and, and so we started talking and it turned out that they were going, they were garden writers. It was Jorge, George, uh, yeah. and Tom Alexander, this fellow I just spoke about. Uh, and so we ended up doing two things that night. We, we ended up crashing one of the Shriner parties. Uh, and, and then I think we went to either Tom's room or George's room and smoked some weed. Uh, so, uh, uh, that was, geez, 1982 or three, something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, and we would meet at least at these conventions every year. Uh, but usually more in between, we became fast friends and, uh, you know, all the straight garden writers were there. uh, And then there were, there were those of us that kind of snuck around and smoked a little weed uh, and, and, uh, you know, tried to get more garden writers to do so at the same time. And and a lot of interesting people would, would appear and the executive director, long story, the executive director, uh, became the executive director of what was euphemistically called the American Hydroponics Association. Uh, This is back when most people grew weed hydroponically. Soil was not the way people really grew weed. Uh, And so there I met, you know, Ed and all all sorts of people uh, um, because they were all growing weed. I remember the, the conference I first spoke at, and I spoke at several of theirs, was uh, in a hotel in Las Vegas, the floor below us was the uh, American Sheriff's Association. <laughs> nice. uh, so, you know, fortunately, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, and uh, none of us were, but they had dogs. And, oh, my God. Well, but the but dogs are going crazy. Shit. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Was like, so, you know, you can imagine in that kind of an atmosphere, you know, you meet these guys, you, you know, you have some funny experiences. They become friends for life. And, uh, you know, it's it's. It's, it's fun. And so how many of us are left? We, you know, I, I was emailing with somebody here about, about Frenchie. I mean, you know, good gosh. Mm-hmm. And he was the young guy. But of course, Frenchie smoked <laughs> cigarettes. And, right. you know, and he knew he shouldn't be smoking cigarettes, but he did anyway. 
um because <laughs> he wanted to mix the hash with yeah, with yeah. the tobacco uh and and he asked a question which again i i, I we should get into this and talk a little bit about this rhizophasy which is answered by this next book, by this teaming with bacteria. He, he was very interested, and I don't know if this came out during your conversations, of, with this concept of what's known as terroir. Yeah, when we uh, spoke know, about the, that with him, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the soil is what gives the plant mm -hmm. its uniqueness, and, and so plants that are grown in the Emerald Triangle uh, you know, are different than, uh, you know, they have their own unique uniqueness. Well, you know, we, and he and I, he would ask me that every time I saw him, you know, him, and he would try to get me to say, yeah, you're right. It's the soil. No, nah, you know, I would, we wouldn't fight about it. I didn't disagree <laughs> with him necessarily, but I didn't really have any scientific proof. Anyway, a lot of stuff has happened. So let's talk a little bit about rhizophagy, mm -hmm. uh, if we if if we can. This is the soil food web. If you just uh, want to share the screen again there, Jeff. Oh, I'm not sharing. Yeah. I thought no. I was... I'll put you back on the screen and took the share screen off, and it, it, it couldn't let, wouldn't let us have both. How about now? Uh, press Alt S. Oh, Alt 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 S. Yes. Oh no! Switch to shared content. Okay, I can do it. There we go. I've done it for you. Nice. Okay. There we okay. go. Is it up there? Yes, yeah. it's up there now. Yeah. Okay. So this is the 2006 version of the Soil Food Web, and and I I use this date because this is when I when I published Teaming with Microbes, uh, but but in the build up to 2006, the the concept of the Soil Food Web was developed by Dr. Elaine Ingham, mm -hmm. uh, introduced to the garden writers uh, at a meeting where I got up and asked anybody uh, know what a mycorrhizal fungi is, and there were 750 people there. Oh big time garden writers. Uh, and then the guy from the Anchorage Daily News asking this stupid question and nobody knew what a mycorrhizal fungi was. So 2006, the book comes out. It's to explain what Dr. Elaine Ingham was trying to tell everybody. And basically what ha happens in a soil food web, which incidentally is nothing more than uh, these, you know, little guy chains chains the little guy gets eaten by the bigger guy gets eaten by the bigger guy and every now and then something on one chain sees something on another chain because there's thousands of them in the soil and eats something off a different chain and connects the chains and you get so much connection you end up with a web so you get the soil food web it starts with the photosynthetic energy of the plant uh which which uh enables the plant to produce exudates and these exudates are like your sweat. Uh, they're carbon. They contain all sorts of neat things. And they attract fungi and bacteria that need that carbon. And so they're eating, and they're eating right there in the root zone. And along come nematodes and protozoa who eat the fungi and the bacteria and poop out the excess in plant usable form, um, which is basically the soil food web. And, and, and that's the science behind organic gardening, uh, it, you know, it's, it really is the planting control. If the plant, well, let me show you how it works. The, the, what happens is the plant puts a charge, not, excuse me, the bacterial fungi material that are devoured and pooped out have a charge on them. And you need a charge in order to be able to get into the plant cells. That's all explained in teeming with nutrients. But if you don't have a charge, unless you're boron, you don't get into a plant cell and the plant can't grow. Um, so anyway, uh, basically, 
that the way that the system I just showed you works is that the pooped out mineral materials uh, are known as microbe mediated uh, materials and they're they're solubilized uh, as soil nutrients. And that's sort of the first way plants get their nutrients. And then along come mycorrhizal fungi, which, which we briefly touched on. They are attracted by the plant. They go inside the plant and outside the plant. They take the extra days and in return, they give water, nitrogen, phosphorus, all sorts of terrific things. And then there's this new thing, this endophytic bacterial symbiosis, which we'll talk about. So the way this, this guy works is the stuff is put, these are the exudates. This is what it looks like today. This is what it looked like when we first started writing about it. This is what it looks like today. This is the single root. These are root hairs, uh, exudates and bacteria and stuff attracted that are that are just thrilled to have it. Uh, and these are some of these exudates. You know, a lot of complicated scientific words there, but the molecules that make up these things all have to come from the soil and move into the plant because the plant makes everything that you see on the plant, from the plant, in the plant, other than the bacteria and the fungi that are there. So uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, and again, you got to have this charge on it. Um, so if you take a tree, uh, you know, and they're sitting around on a Friday afternoon and three of them say, geez, I, you know, I want Japanese. One of them says, I want, I want Mexican. And one of them says, I want French. The big guy wins Japanese. So let's make these the roots. These are their roots. They put out an exudate. The exudate is designed to attract and does Japanese bacteria. Uh, and if they wanted American food, uh, I don't know why they would. Uh, they change the extra date, and the next thing you know, they have American food, and that's the soil food web. Uh, and and you know, it's all because of the charge that's put on there. Uh, you know, it's kind of a cool thing, and we like it, and it's neat. But uh, the mycorrhizal fungi symbiosis is really cool too. Uh, these these individual fungi get into the plant root. Uh, and they bring back all these nutrients. And because they're so small, they can get into individual uh, places that the root would never be able to access. And here's how they work. These are two seedlings. One of them says, I really would like a bologna sandwich. Uh, and so it goes and mixes up the exudates. It's got to make the material. Uh, it puts the exudates into the soil, catches the right fungi, which turns out to be the mycorrhizal fungi that brings the bologna sandwich to the to the uh, plant, the seedling, and it, it stays there and continues to feed the plant as the plant grows. And eventually you end up with them sharing uh, with other plants. So that's the mycorrhizal fungi. Okay, now we get into rhizophagy. Uh, this is the 2022, 2022 version. Um, the real proponent of this is a gentleman named Dr. James White. Uh, this is uh, not to disparage anything that Dr. Renee Ingham teaches or came up with. She did not have the kind of microscopes that we now have today. Uh, and so she wasn't able to see this, what was going on, I think. It was discovered in 2010 that bacteria, some of those bacteria that are attracted to the rhizos field by those exudates are not eaten but instead end up inside the root cells. And when they're in the root cells, they do some pretty amazing things, uh, which she was not able to explain because her grant ran out. But she, she named the process of the bacteria going in 
rhizo root phagy uh, to feed on. And, and without being disparaging, uh, she pronounces it. Uh, uh, and since we have somebody from Australia, uh, she was Australian. Um, she pronounces it rhizophagy. Uh, and for years, I struggled with it uh, until I realized that was her, her Australian way of saying root, rhizo, and phagy. We say it differently in the United States, rhizophagy. Uh, but yep. that's, that's how you spell it right there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we're talking about bacteria. Don't be thinking bacterium one. Be thinking bacteria lots. Uh, now, you know, this is a bacterium. This is the head of a needle with bacteria on them. Uh, these guys breed every 20 minutes. Uh, and so, you know, you don't see one bacterium. You see bacteria everywhere. This is just a couple of weeks ago, this picture was put on the internet. This is a, a, a cell, one cell from your tongue. Uh, and this is all the bacteria that attach themselves to that individual cell. Holy wow. Uh, you know, they can be really, really beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Uh, and, but they're really, really small. So here is a microscopic rotifer uh, in the soil water. This is a fungi. And if you look closely, you see these bacteria on them. So uh, really, really, really small. And they produce phytohormones the things that help plants grow. Uh, so gibberellic acid, and ethylene, and cytokine. Th these, these guys are really kind of cool and they help plants, but nobody ever talks about them. Uh, and they can help the plants because when they enter the plant uh, and, and a symbiotic relationship has, has, has developed, allowing them to go either in through these young root cells or in cracks that occur, or even through stomata, the plant lets them in, they don't normally let a bacteria in. They don't want bacteria to come in. Bacteria can kill them, but they've evolved to allow specific kinds of bacteria into their specific kind of plant. And the evolution of that has resulted in their entry causing the plant to become stronger, uh, resistance. Here's the bacteria in the stomata, uh, and, and so this is the rhizophagy. It all starts at these very brand new cells right in here. They've got very thin cell walls because they're brand new. Uh, and, and what happens is, uh, and this is, this is the new kind of microscopy. If you look closely, you see these are all bacteria. And if you look at these, these root hairs, they all have bacteria inside them. All right, so rhizophagy, uh, the plant, takes in the cells. How, how, you know, how's it work? This is where it works again. Uh, some of those bacteria that are usually eaten and pooped out say no. Uh, they smell something that causes them to act differently. Uh, and what they smell is something called butyric acid, the kind of smell of butter. So they smell this butter popcorn and it causes them to leave their slime area. They, they're attached to the rhizosphere in a slime and they they literally break through those thin-walled meristem root cells, and they end up in a place called a periplasmic space, okay? A little space between the cell wall and the, air, the area that contains all of the goodies. Uh, and, and the way I like to refer to this is, is like, this is, this is 
what's going on here. So this is a tofu package. I don't know if they have these in Australia or in England. I'm pretty sure they have them in Canada. Uh, yeah. So what you've got is a thin wall that the bacteria go through and they end up in the water. Uh, they don't normally end up in the, some do, but most of them don't end up in the cell itself, which is the tofu. And they're in this endoplasmic space and they get cycled around. Uh, and here is a photograph of what they look like inside one of these, uh, uh, several of these young meristem cells. Here's a better picture. These are all bacteria and they end up getting cycled around that periplasmic space. Now, an interesting thing happens when they come in, the plant uh, sprays them with something called ROS, which is a uh, reactive oxygen series is what chemists call it. And it strips off the bacterial cell wall and the nutrients that are in that bacterial cell wall are moved from the periplasmic space into the plant itself and they're absorbed and used as nutrients. So it's reactive oxygen series. When you get sunburned, you end up uh, with a ROS-caused red skin. I even found a, a ROS getting sunburned. I don't know if this plays in any place other than the United States. Um, uh, but, but what's happening is that ROS is, is causing the bacteria to lose its cell wall which the plant absorbs and uses those nutrients. Okay, now it's gotta be careful because it's also spraying its own cell wall. So it has to strengthen its own cell wall in order to be able to do this. And that causes again, the systemic resistance capabilities of this plant to mm. increase, it makes the plant stronger. Uh, now, the bacteria don't take this sitting down. Uh, they gotta defend themselves and so they, put out one of their phytohormones, ethylene. And the ethylene causes plant cells to stretch. And so the plant cells begin to grow. Uh, the ethylene mixes uh, with water and the ROS uh, forms carbonic acid, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the chemistry ends up weakening the ROS, which saves the plant wall and probably saves the bacteria as well. Uh, because it's not, the ROS isn't as strong. All right, so the cell begins to stretch because of the ethylene, uh, but it's not enough. The bacteria is still getting sprayed, and so it takes the other gun it's got, uh, and that's filled with nitrite. It fixes nitrogen inside the cell and uses the nitrite to, again, weaken the ROS, and it takes a little bit of carbon from the exudates that would have gone out of the cell uh, and uses that to, to, to make the uh, uh, nitric oxide. And then uh, that's converted chemically to nitrate, which is a plant fertilizer, further weakens the ROS and goes into the plant cell. Up to 30% of the nitrogen a plant has, now think about your cannabis plant, 30% can come from this rhizophasy cycle that you now know about. All right, but it's not over yet because uh, mm. what happens is they, they get trapped in there, the bacteria. And so they got to get the carbon in order to you know, produce the ethylene. Uh, they got to get, uh, it's a trap. So they get, they get in these loop and they get trapped in there for a couple of days. Uh, and while they're trapped in there, they're losing cell wall. They're producing nitrite converted to nitrogen and the plant is happy as can be eating away 
uh, you know, and it's just having a great time. But they're multiplying and they're circulating and they're multiplying through that periplasmic space uh, uh, every 20 minutes. And they begin to form these quads. The population gets increased. It gets pretty crowded. Uh, and so these things begin to pop up. Uh, they're being circulated around the cell. You get more and more of it as they get circulated. Along with the circulation is the ethylene being circulated. So the cell continues to stretch. But what happens is they, they get too many of them and they end up getting bumped up against the cell wall. And when that happens, the ethylene gets concentrated, forms a tube off of the wall. So this is where they were. A new tube forms. You and I know that tube to be root hairs. Root hairs turn out to be full of bacteria. And the reason why you have root hairs is not so that the plant can get nutrients. It's so that they can engage in the rhizophagy cycle. So what happens is they go into the root hair uh, and, and they, they begin to concentrate inside the root hair. And they're producing ethylene so the root hair continues to get longer. So this is a bunch of root hairs with the bacteria in them. I really like this picture because if you, if you look carefully, you see what's happening is this is, this is the cell and uh, there's bacteria all, all around it. And, and here's where they really and pew, cause that hair to grow. This is all one cell. It's all the same cell. Uh, and so the bacteria eventually all move in here. It takes about two days for these root hairs to begin to form uh, and as they form, uh, an amazing thing happens. The, the, the concentration at the tip is a little whoosh, tidal wave and they're blown out of the tip. Uh, and again, here, here are some root hairs. I should change the order of this. All of them have bacteria in it. Uh, this is again, root hairs. The blue is as a result of a staining so you can catch some of their metabolites. And what happens is they're thrown out of the tip, not not just one time does the tip open, but many times. And so you get a pew, and they're thrown back into the soil, these wallless bacteria. And lo and behold, when they get back to the soil, they grow back their cell walls. So here's a really crowded, boom, out they go. Uh, and it can happen one time, two times, three times, four times. It can happen five, six, seven times. So the 2006 version of the Soil Food Web, Dr. Elaine's original version, is a version of farming. You, you feed uh, the crops, you give them the fertilizer, they grow, uh, then you go harvest the food, you bring, it into the, you bring it into the barn, you package it or whatever you do. Rhizophagy is uh, ranching because what you do is you strip off the bacteria their cell walls, the, the wool, you eat a couple of the pork, I mean, of the lamb chops. And then these guys go back into the soil where the, the pasture, where they grow back their wool. And then several days later, you ranch them again. You bring them back in again. They repeat the trip. This is bizarre, but it is so cool. Uh, it's just very exciting. They grow back their wall. Uh, it's work, safe travel. That must be a fun ride that they're on to go back in there and do it. I mean, you gotta ask yourself why a bacteria would actually do this. And, and I think the answer is, first of all, there's no competition. So they're inside a plant, they're getting fed, uh, even though they're losing their cell wall, they get a little bit of carbon. Uh, 
And then with their buddies, I don't know, you know, but this is the rhizophagy cycle. Uh, they, they cycle through, they cause the root hairs to grow. Now, don't get me wrong, root hairs do absorb nutrients, but it's because they have these very thin cell walls, uh, but they're really designed, I'm convinced, to rocket back the bacteria into the soil after they've multiplied and increased their numbers, which is ultimately what they need to do. So that's rhizophagy. They're called endophytic bacteria because they spend part of their time inside the uh, plant and part of their time outside the plant. They don't harm the plant. So they're endophytic bacteria. And when I wrote the book, which was three years ago, even though it was just published about six weeks ago, uh, the speculation was that they, the same thing happened and causes trichomes to form. Well, it turns out it's not quite, quite the same thing. But you do find inside cannabis and trichomes, and all trichomes, bacteria. So what you've got going on is you've got the, the center post of the trichome producing uh, 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 carbon and hosting bacteria uh, that are doing the same thing that they do in the root, which is nitrogen fixation and causing the nitrogen uh, to, to be absorbed by the cell. Okay, but in order to make nitrogen, you gotta have a relatively oxygen-free environment. And the way that the cannabis plant causes the environment to become oxygen-free is by producing cannabinoids, okay? Does that make any sense? Uh, this is the suggested model of nitrogen transfer in, in a glandular trichome, okay? So that you get this, fixation uh, and uh, the, it only can occur if the, if the trichome plant cooperates and closes out the, the, the oxygen. So uh, you get cannabinoids being sprayed onto the bacteria so that they can fix the nitrogen. Okay, Whew, that's pretty heady stuff. Uh, and, and just to complete the, well, uh, you also get them going into the plant these are not rhizophagy bacteria, but when there's a, a, a crack that causes when the a root branches, you get the ability for bacteria to sneak in. They can go up the phloem and xylem and use the sugars. And, and the same reason they're inside the plant uh, is because it's safer. They can multiply without competition. There's a food source. They can eat the sugars. The plant letting them in has to strengthen itself so that they can handle it. And, and all of the, the phytohormones that are produced can help the plant do all sorts of things. So this is all really great news. And, and eventually these bacteria end up in the flower and they end up getting caught in the seed and they end up coming off the seed, out of the seed later on. So first of all, the take home is no more holding your seeds in an airtight container. They need oxygen because you've got to keep those bacteria as much as possible, as many as possible alive. And when you put it in an airtight container, that doesn't happen. Uh, and they need a little teeny bit of moisture too, because they, you know, they just need a little water. So, you know, we've got to change how we're taking care of our, our uh, seeds before we plant them. So they jump into the soil, the plant uh, germinates, they jump into the soil, uh, it helps it germinate uh, and uh, it grows and the bacteria in the soil are available to go back into the plant 
And what we've discovered, or what other scientists have discovered, I'm not a scientist, I'm, a, I'm just a writer. Uh, what, what people have discovered is that the mix in the soil of bacteria is generally the same, but the, but the mix inside the plant and the ratio and the numbers inside the plant is what determines that particular strain's characteristic taste. Wow. So, you know, we're pretty close to Frenchie's terroir. Uh, what is this implication? The implication is you don't sterilize your seeds. When you germinate your seed between paper towels, you don't just take the new germinated seedling and put it in the soil. You got to take part of that paper towel and put it near that seedling as well because it's got the bacteria that you want to have. They've taken corn plants that are 400, you know, varieties, species, strains, 400 years old, the bacterial mix in the plants grown today of that same strain are the same. They carry it. So this has got some pretty interesting implications for uh, cannabis growers, uh, not just the production of nitrogen, uh, but the way your plant tastes, what these bacteria do, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's really, really important. Uh, and you've got these guys producing all of these things in there. And the trick is to find the right bacteria that can live inside a cannabis plant and do as much of whatever we want it to do as possible. And people are working on it, I assure you. Uh, and as soon as we get it scheduled, uh, you know, as something in the United States, uh, we'll be able to, to do research in a way that we're not able to do it now. A lot of it's happening in, us, in uh, Israel, uh, where they've got a much more liberal situation. So again, when the bacteria get in, they create uh, the ability for the plant to handle abiotic stresses, heat, cold, drought, and biotic stresses, all those you know, living things that hurt. So you know, this particular grass happens to have uh, endophytic bacteria that change the temperature freezing point of the water on the plant. Uh, they produce things called citophores. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and, and citophores can go out and grab metals and either bring them in uh, to a plant or keep them out of a plant. They may be poisonous. Um, and these are the uh, things that are known as plant growth promoting bacteria. They're available today. And you can get this one, this one, and this one for sure at a good grow store. And, and if you can't take a picture, take a screenshot of this, uh, you know, and start asking around, look it up on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. This one's a little bit different because I, I I'm pretty sure this one has to be freeze-dried, so I, I'm not sure this is as readily available. And cannabis growers in the United States are beginning to use these. These are these fix nitrogen, uh, solubilized phosphorus and potassium and zinc, fixes nitrogen, uh, takes out powdery fungi. That's pretty cool. So some of these endophytic bacteria, in order to protect their host, because they need to be they need to be, they want their host, they want their house to be whole. They'll take out bad guys that are trying to take the house down. Uh, this is really cool. Farmers have been using these for a long time, 10, 15 years. <clears throat> Growers are just beginning to get in it. This is really key, key stuff. So, uh, you know, the obvious takeaway is the plants in control for sure, but you can aid it. They're amazing, uh, but so are you. Uh, bacteria are pretty incredible and amazing. Don't sterilize seed. Don't toss your soil unless you've got a root problem or some other problem. Why are you getting rid of your soil? It's got the exudates. It's got the, it's got the bacteria, some of them at least. 
Uh, it's got all sorts of stuff you want to have. And of course, you got to read teaming with microbes. Um, you know, chemicals have a negative impact on these endophytic bacteria. And so every time you use a chemical, you're reducing the capability of these endophytic bacteria to help the plant with this systemic resistance, to feed the plant, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and bacteria is where soil structure begins. That bacterial slime sticks together individual particles, and those individual particles, uh, you know, stick to other particles. You fungi come in and weave them together. They're not flat, you know, so that, so not bricks. So you've got pores and spaces between them where water can be stored, where little guys can get away from the bigger guys, et cetera. This is where soil structure begins, and we ruin it. Uh, you know, we ruin our soil. We only have 60 years left, uh, you know, of at least outdoor soil. Uh, and it's because we, we don't treat it properly. We screw it up. We don't pay attention to the soil food web. And now we've got an extra part to the soil food web, which fortunately is causing people to really take a hard look. Uh, and I'm talking about the Monsantos and the, and the Bayers of the world, because they can replace chemicals with bacteria. Uh, and, and you can put the right bacteria in a wheat. You don't have to fertilize it. You don't have to ruin the soil. Um, you know, again, we, your gala apple tastes like a gala apple. I'm convinced partly because, or maybe even totally because the bacteria. Uh, we need to do a lot of research in our particular field, our hobby. It turns out that, that vermicompost has a different mix than uh, uh, vermicompost than thermocompost of bacteria. And, and, and unlike mycorrhizal fungi, where those eight that we can buy, you know, pretty much can sleep around with all plants, bacteria are much more specific. And it may turn out that vermicompost works better than thermocompost. I don't know. I haven't done the experiments. Too damn cold up here right now. Um, uh, but, it, uh, you know, I'm expecting anybody who grows autoflowers to start today do the experiment. Let's find out which works best on cannabis. Now, wouldn't that be just simply incredible if there was a visible difference? Whew. Okay, when you make compost that you're using for cannabis, use the old parts of the cannabis plant if you must. Never pull the plant out of the soil, you cut it. Uh, and then you hang it upside down uh, because the new plant can be planted right there. It'll grow down the old root zone systems and all through the old root tubes and all that stuff is good organic stuff that contains exudates and bacteria, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, we've got to think about what we're doing in terms of how this all, all works. And it's a beautiful, beautiful system. Uh, and we can take advantage of it as opposed to trying to control it and that's that's kind of an amazing amazing thing you want to make compost on the same place you want to use your best practices you know we're we're violating the law of return what falls from a plant supposed to that's how the plant replenishes the soil we come along and take the take the flower buds away Whew. and by the way the seeds are produced in those flower buds are you are you letting it go through its natural cycle so that those seeds contain the maximum amount of bacteria or are you cutting them young, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, you want to monitor the nutrients in your soil and you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're always adding carbon. Uh, and the way to test that's with something called a microbiometer. 
www.microbiometer.com. A really cool gadget. It's the first thing I've ever seen that enables me to tell whether something teems with microbes. Does it actually work? Because you can take a reading for about five bucks and then three weeks later, take another reading and compare the readings. Very spooky little tool. Uh, but you want to, you want to, information is power. You want to know what's going on. Don't disturb the soil, prevent compaction, prevent tilling, uh, you know, employ best practices. They're all listed, particularly in teaming with microbes. Uh, and I always tell people, if you're not convinced about this, just think about the redwoods. Who the heck fertilizes them or sprays them with pesticides? Uh, it's crazy that we do that on our plants. And of course, if you're growing cannabis and you use a chemical on it, you're nuts as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we're putting this in our system. Why the hell would you wanna put a poison on it? Uh, it's just craziness. All right, so anyway, that's my quick little blurb on the new book. Uh, and I, I, you probably weren't expecting that. Uh, I, get, I was trying to answer the question about Frenchie. I was trying to answer the question about Frenchie because, you know, it's, it's, it's not the soil, it's the bacteria in the soil. It really is an amazing, pretty, amazing thing. Yeah. I wrote yeah, down some stuff to ask. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was awesome. Thank you for, yeah, man. for Indeed. the yeah. lecture, Jeff. Now, and I always tell people, don't take notes. You got your notes right here. <laughs> well i just question you know like i had some interesting thoughts like the whole going back to you know on the root tips the, the bacteria are there because right. you know I, I found that interesting I, I i like michael pollan his botany of desire kind of thing is i'm sure you're very familiar with, oh, yeah. with this theory yeah. uh, um how they kind of just manipulate everything around them to get what they want and it seems like it's absolutely true even at the very microscopic level so maybe plants are you know the top level of intelligence on the planet you think yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing and i you know i get into that a little bit and team me with nutrients at the end of it because i i started to go crazy because i was seeing i was seeing things in real life you know not mag not not magnified or you know not under a microscope that reminded me of things that i was seeing under the microscope and 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 so I came to the conclusion that we're all enzymes. That's what plants produce, enzymes, in order to make all those things it needs to get the cannabis, to get to grow the leaf, blah, blah, blah. They make, you know, that single cell on the plant contains uh, probably a thousand different kinds of enzymes, or maybe 10,000 different kinds of enzymes, and a thousand of each one. I mean, it's wah. Uh, and, and, <laughs> You know, we're, we're enzymes talking right now. We're, you know, we're making ideas and we're putting things together and we're letting go. And you'll tell somebody the next week that you heard this, thing, you know, it's amazing. And plants, they do it all. And, and mm. I can't tell the difference sometimes when I look at a plant cell uh, versus when I look up at a picture of the, of the uh, you know, from the Hubble telescope, I mean, they, yeah. they, they look the same. So yeah. this is all trippy stuff. Very but plants are not dumb just because they can't run away from us doesn't mean they can't control us and i agree with michael pollan i think they do 100 percent. and yeah to that point you know when you, you're talking about how the seed infuses the soil with with the old or the yeah. i guess the generational bacteria that that's just you know that's how birth happens right you get the afterbirth in the mouth and then that's seeds your gut bacteria 
generation exactly. to generation and exactly. everything. Well, exactly. I'll go even one step further. When you take a look at your at your intestine lining, the way that bacteria get in is the same way they get into the plant. They they produce this butyric butyric acid, you know, uh, and you know this part of it. It's part of what gives vomit its smell, if I may be blunt about it. But it goes. It, it, it's tricked exactly like the plant, you know, our intestine tricks exactly like the plant tricks the bacteria to invade. Uh, I'm certain there's an ROS. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing uh, thing that this happens. And, 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 and because of the way we were taught science, we think we're the top of the chain. Uh, we're just part of it. We're just part of it. You know, you're mostly, mm -hmm. not mostly, that's not fair to say, but you have more bacteria than you have uh, human cells. Mm -hmm. uh, and so why wouldn't a plant, you know, and why yeah. wouldn't it use those, why wouldn't those bacteria do the same thing controlling the, the plant as it does controlling us? Because a lot of bacteria do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're just being controlled by microbes and plants to oh, shit, no to feed plants. <laughs> yeah, maybe we are. Uh, and in fact, a big trend in the United States now is to bury bodies in cardboard coffins mm -hmm. so that you can decay and go back into the soil food web. I mean, that's the way I want to go. Uh, mm -hmm. Put me back in the soil food web. I guess cremation works that way as well, but I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting how the bacteria makes its way into the plant roots like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and in the book there's some phenomenal pictures. Uh, I, I you know you will find more and more coming on board. This this fellow, Dr. James White, from Rutgers University. Uh, it's worth putting Dr. James Wright Rutgers into your search engine so that when he makes the next paper available, you can get it right away. I mean, he and his students are, and there are people around the world doing it, but he's really the epicenter. Uh, and in fact, I wrote the book. Because after talking with him a number of times, I was dumbfounded that nobody knows about this. Now, okay, it's 2010, 2000, you know, whatever. It's pretty recent discovery, but we need to spread the word because this is really important stuff. Uh, and, and ultimately, the products that are going to be made out of these microbes will save the world, I hope. Uh, you know, climate change and all the way we grow just is causing problems left and right. And and this will help us get out of that. But you got to know about it first. Well, it's causing problems, but it's also causing profit and people like that profit. Right. And so what we've got to convince them is that using a natural bacteria is much more profitable than mm. destroying the soil uh, and having to figure out what you're going to what you're going to do next. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, it's crazy. There's a lot of research. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, I was just saying there's a there's a lot of research going into the whole bacteria changing the flavor or at least increasing the flavor of cannabis. Well, I've I've seen a couple of papers when I went. You know, that's a whole lot of research in the United mm -hmm. States cannabis field. But uh, there's a wonderful paper that Dr. White wrote on tr trichomes in general that contains a section on cannabis. Mm -hmm. But a lot of plants produce trichomes. Uh, right. And so, uh, you know, the tomato was one of them. So, yeah, the, there are some papers, not as many as we're, as we're going to see once this stuff becomes rescheduled in the United mm -hmm. States. And, and hopefully 
because I think cannabis growers are the finest scientists in the world. Hopefully people that are listening to this podcast, wherever you are, you're going to experiment and try things uh, and, and, you know, see what works, see what works. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, Doc, you... you know, I, I heard about this uh, uh, patent on a plant. I, apparently you, the microbe jumps off the plant and kills the weed and then jumps back on the plant again. So you can get rid of dandelions, you know, I mean, oh, like a robot. gracious. Yeah. So yeah. we got some pretty interesting stuff coming in. Uh, we That's need cool. it. We need it because God knows we've got enough problems. This mm-hmm. is all very good to hear. I've always maintained, I use homemade compost in, in my super soil that I, that I make blends of. And uh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always say the endemic microbes in that are probably the best suited to fight the endemic you know, bad guys yeah. in the environment sure. as well as re- resist any exactly. cold and that kind of stuff. So, but it's, you know, the science was few and far between, but uh, now your book is like, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Know. It makes sense. But it, there may be, again, a different kind of compost that works even better on your particular plant. Mm. Uh, but then it will be infecting your plant with its, that kind of bacteria, you know, so you'll, it's, yeah. Ah, we got a lot of studying to do on this stuff, and I'm so glad that, mm-hmm. that uh, Dr. White and his students are doing this stuff. And he's this is a wonderful guy. Uh, you you know he shares with the glory with his students. He's he's you know he's just a terrific, terrific uh, uh, researcher. Uh, he's really a mycologist, and so you know he we're able to. And in fact, there are some fungi that go through the rhizopagy cycle. They're yeast-like. Uh, and what happens when these bacteria get in and get their cell wall stripped off, they, they become, uh, they grow into those quads I showed you, you know, those little, look like little beach balls. Uh, and, and, they, and they can bleb, just like, I think that's the way you pronounce it, just like yeast do. They, they break off another little piece. That's how they multiply. Uh, yeah. wow. so, so when I wrote the book, I had to, as I do in all the books I write, I write these books so that I, I do the research so that I can understand what's going on. And, and so I have to dumb it down. And, and, and if I can understand it, then anybody can understand it. And so what the first part of the book is, just like the first part of the other books, is it's dumbed down science and just enough that you need so that when you get into the endophytic and rhizophysy cycle stuff, okay, now I understand, you know, you don't need to know the chemistry behind how gibberellic acid works, but you need to know about gibberellic acid. So yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Uh, And I I think people should enjoy it. Uh, It's, it's selling well. uh, And so far, nobody's, you know, written me any really nasty, nasty notes. So we'll see. (laughs) A lot of people have definitely enjoyed the series of the books. We hear about them. A A lot of people talk about them, especially over on our website. Really, it's sort of hard to believe that that people. Well, I guess I, you know, I gave a talk in England once. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came, I went to Birmingham. There was a soil. You have your organic organization. I think it's called Soil Society, or uh, King King Charles was was in charge of it. I don't know if he is anymore. Right. He's king. Yeah. Um, and I gave a talk. They gave me fifteen minutes to explain the soil food web. Is that it? <laughs> yeah yeah uh you uh, you think i'm talking fast now oh my god uh and i gave it and the executive director came up to me afterwards he said holy crow we gotta give you more time next time I said, come on where's the next time i'd love to get back there but uh 
a gentleman came up to me and said, I'm sitting in England. This was probably 10 years ago, maybe or so. Uh, and he said, Hey, I'm out of my car, I have this weed, you know, it's, it's going out there. You know what I'm saying? That'll be me next time you pop around to England, mate. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take him up on it because <clears throat> I had my own little uh, vaporizer. Uh, but but uh, I was tempted, God. Uh, <laughs> Might have you know, had some of that Birmingham blue cheese, bro. You, you missed out oh there. God, you know. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know, and what I want to do is I want to have Durban poison in every location nice. cannabis grows <laughs> to see whether how different it might be in a different location. Mm-hmm. See, again, and this is sort of like going back to that Frenchy idea. I mean, you know, so why does Durban poison always taste like Durban poison? Why mm-hmm. does it? Well, part of it's genetics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but not all of it. Mm. Uh, That'd be an awesome experiment. Throw yeah. some clones yeah. all the way, like everywhere across the world and have people grow them. And uh, yeah, somehow sample them all. Right, right. When it's right. legal uh, everywhere and we can send it through the post, then that's going to be like possible. Right. Well, I think, I think people do buy seeds, which don't contain THC, I'm told. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, and of course, that's that's what kept my other favorite area, the can- the uh, auto flowering area, um, uh, you know, so, uh, alive. And I, I, I really am a big proponent of the soil food web, as you can tell. But I also think that cannabis growers need to pick up auto flowers again. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they were discovered in early 1900s. Um, People fooled around with them between then and the 60s. Uh, I guess sometime in the 70s, uh, somebody developed one that was actually, you could actually get enough to roll a joint. <laughs> uh, little teeny plants, you know, they were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people made the mistake because the internet was coming online and sort of writing about it and talking about them. But they were cra- they were crappy little plants, and so they got left off the internet. Mm-hmm. Ended up starting their own website, etc. Uh, autoflower uh, autoflower.net. Um, but but uh, they have changed. Oh, they have definitely uh, changed, haven't <laughs> they? Yeah, I say that oh I God. say that often on the show. We actually spoke about autoflowers in one of our grow guides just mm. a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, and I said that I said if you tried autos ten years ago, they were shit. Yeah. But if you yeah. try them now. They are quality plants, man. You can produce good yield, good cannabis with good potency just from autoflowering seeds. Yeah, let me get, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of places in Oregon, for example, that only sell autoflowering cannabis. That's mm. the, you know, their dispensaries sell autoflower. They don't sell anything else. And the reason why is because if you're growing it outside, let's start there, uh, and put it on two foot centers. If you put them on two foot centers, these are, these are what I call the super auto flowers so you got auto flowers you know which is normal size they can a lot of people grow them in those red plastic cups for fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you know and they can get to be maybe two feet high uh but super auto flowers can be three three and a half feet high uh and massive colas on them and if you put those guys on two foot centers outdoors per acre you can get five thousand uh pounds of cannabis per acre of regular sativa or indica, you're going to get, if you're really good, 3,000 pounds. So in uh, in like 12 weeks, 
completely yeah well, and that was the other thing and, and mm-hmm. boy you get them and it doesn't matter what the sunlight the daylight uh, length is and then if you're if you're if you're insisting on growing indica sativa well then and you're indoors well then grow these in between uh before your big guys <laughs> flower these guys will produce you a harvest you take them out and then the big guys have room to flower so that's what i do yeah, that's that's my method so they're yeah, see, you listen to the show don't you <laughs> I, I don't use them as fillers i use them as tent like proper i, I just run autos and i'll fill a tent yeah. with autos so yeah, you use I, them as um, fillers tent uh, fillers yeah me yeah. too yeah, I, tent, I, yeah, I use just pure tent but the tent all, filler would be good but it's yeah, all i do outside here he, it's all you can do in our my buddy on his acreage and here in saskatchewan where we have maybe june to the end of august so it's a very short growing season he pulled three pounds off of uh his semi-auto right it was an alberta yeah. bud that was maybe four and a half feet tall but just like you said coal is like pop cans all the way on every branch it's massive yeah you know and if you live in a place like anchorage and you're growing sativa or indica outdoors uh you gotta wait until the daylight uh hours are are shorter than the night hours obviously yeah uh, right. and that's about the same day we have the first frost uh who's got six more weeks to wait for the flowers to and then you you think about the exposure to to pests oh god you you know uh, we, the longer your plants there the the quicker you, or, or i guess the more opportunity there will be for powdery mildew blah 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 it's but these guys are so fast you know they they're done before the powdery mildew realizes that there's something to eat there sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely easy plants to grow, and if you have them in some good soil that's you know got good nutrient content, good bacteria, microbial life in it, just plant a yeah. seed, and you just water it for twelve weeks. It's so easy to do. Right, right, right. Oh. So, so when I wrote the book, my theory was, you know, this isn't a book from for you guys. I mean, this is a book for your aunt and uncle who want to know mm. what the hell you're doing, uh, who might want to try it. But I am convinced that we are going to see these plants for sale at nurseries in the springtime you'll be able to go in and buy you know yourself a six pack of uh, auto flower plants to put out with the petunias and the tomato starch that you buy it, it's yeah. it's gonna happen uh we just yeah. have to make it happen mm. uh, but it will it crossing will. my fingers and touching wood and doing all That's that like- shit you know? <laughs> no, I never even thought about that as a model. We have clones for sale here in Canada, but and you can buy autoflower seeds. But if there were oh, some yeah. way that you could just be like, "Hey, can you start me four autoflowers, and then I'll come get them in you know a week," that would you know people nice would probably business. be really into that. Yeah, you might have a nice little business there. Yeah, yeah. I think I need to get down to Australia next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to Hawaii. Uh, so that'll be fun. Awesome. Uh, Chris great. Trump is out in Hawaii. Have you spoke to Chris Trump before? No. Oh, you, you would be interested in the things. What Chris island, Trump has what got island to say. is he on? In, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's Hawaii. You know, I'm the only Alaskan that doesn't know which islands, which I, this, I, we, we're going to the big island. The big that one. Must it be, must be the big one. Yeah. yeah. Huh. <laughs> but, but he's into Korean natural farming. You, of course, know what that is. Right? Oh, yeah. KNF, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris Trump is, he, he knows his shit about KNF. 
So yeah, you oh, should well, definitely speak to, to him. Speak with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there for a long time, and and my wife. Will Maybe we can get you so both on the show together, man. So you can just talk to each other about it, and we'll just record it and sit here silently in the background. From you, Hawaii. From Hawaii. You, uh, sir, Joe, what do you think about KNF? Uh, well, first of all, uh, make sure that he he has my email or 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 put us to, in touch with. Yeah, I'll, I'll arrange you. I'll sort it out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll be there in early December uh, for three weeks. Uh, okay, it's a long time. KNF, you know, <clears throat> I like KNF on an individual basis. I'm not sure I, I I would I would and and this is why I really need to speak to somebody who knows a lot more about it. On a large 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 scale, I, I, it worries me a little bit. Um, but on a smaller scale, done right, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, you know, Bakashi, et cetera, you know, which is sort of like, a, yeah, it, it works. It makes sense. I don't do it. I use aerobic, uh, not anaerobic mm -hmm. uh, system. So uh, I, think, I think aerobic is safer. You're not producing methane, um, which, is, which is, you know, what my concern would be on a, on a larger, larger basis, given climate change, et cetera. Um, but you know, it's all using microbes to me, it's all spoil food web. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's yeah. just a slightly different flavor. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, nothing uh, really to judge well, I mean, like ultimately that. what I mean by that is ultimately you're going to end up with a situation where a microbe is going to put a charge on a nutrient that's going to be able to go into a plant. Uh, you know, whether it's the anaerobic portion of it, I suspect is, is much more for the digestion of the organic material uh, than it is for, well, I better be careful because I really don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to get anybody yeah. mad either, but you know. No, 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 no. Uh, no. It's a good system. It works. Uh, for sure. My concern yeah. is, is methane and, and, and maybe I'm wrong in that regard. And, and really on a big, big scale, a little scale. You know, than your cow me. produces more methane, I think, than your KNF does. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's cool. just crazy how this whole process works. How plants and bacteria and fungi and everything works together to done. Do just grow and live and function, and then you know, and then it goes into the the food web from there, where animals and humans eat it. And oh, wait, yeah. like the whole circle of life thing. It's it's amazing how yep. it just well, well, and is it a like circle? This. You know, mm. is it a circle or is, is it, it a is square? It like, yeah. Is it a sphere? <laughs> Maybe it's a sphere. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Uh, but one thing is for sure, there's, there's always things happening in this particular industry. I mean, again, mm. I would never would have thought about writing a book on, on autoflowers. Um, and frankly, I don't think I write one today because I think enough people know about them. But whenever the damn thing came out, I don't even know what year it was. You know, I got letters from people, letters, I got emails from people saying, holy crow, who, you know, I'm trying them again. What year was mm -hmm. this? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm a massive fan of autoflowers. I always say to people to give them a go, no matter what, you know, just chuck yeah. them in, see what happens. And yeah, what's the right. worst that's going to happen? <laughs> Let's be honest. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, but, uh, it, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's difficult to write a book on, on a subject. Anything. It's, yeah, it's difficult to write any book. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. You're right. But I mean, but on a book, that's a, a subject that's quasi illegal mm -hmm. and in areas where it is legal, there's a stigma. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so for a while, I, you know, this is called DI, DIY auto flower cannabis. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, uh, again, from a lovely Canadian publisher called New Society, so environmentally and, 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 and ecologically conscious, you just cannot believe New Society, they make terrific books. Um, gosh, I mean, it was locked up in, in, in Powell's in Oregon. It was in the lock section. Locked up. Get that out of here. You know, wow. Uh, so so yeah, the stigma changes and i think the stigma is disappearing more and more and more mm-hmm. i mean the fact that you guys are are behind avatars you know that's mm-hmm. stigma yeah yes indeed damn shame. sanity sanity who wants to be arrested but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's crazy how things are different all over the world as well uh, you, the, yeah. there's a lot of changing in the states now as we can see and hopefully it's legalized oh, yeah. federally because then they can do the research like you say and there's so much research yes. to be done and loads oh. of people willing to do it as well. Well, and we need to do the research. I mean, you know, if, if, if there's a safer way to be, in, you know, ingesting our favorite herb, mm-hmm. let's have it. Come on, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's obviously it's going to be a great thing when it happens. And uh, again, uh, fi on, on Harry Anslinger and what he it's, caused. Yeah, it's just stupid just, how, like, I mean, it's nearly been 100 years now, right? It's like 1926. When that all first, and we're still suffering from the laws passed by these ignorant people way back then. Well, my understanding is in Canada, it happened uh, in the middle of the morning, like two o'clock in the morning uh, in Parliament. Uh, It was snuck in on a rewrite. I mean, nobody even knew it was happening. Nobody cared. Nobody Mm -hmm. cared except for this one group, uh, you know, the, and then the United Nations. Ah, so much damage caused. So it's. I wonder how different the world would be if if all that didn't take place. Mm. Yeah. Imagine where we'd be with a hundred years more research. Mm. Wow. And it's not just yeah, cannabis exactly. either. It's it's other drugs. You know, like cocaine being used as a painkiller, and just all of these different uh, psilocybin being used for antidepressants. Yeah. There's yeah. just so much that we we've missed out on over the last one hundred years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because- for what? Well, so that the government can control where the money flows. No, no, uh, the government's know. here to protect us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, right? uh, well, if, you, uh, if you're in the pharmaceutical industry, you're protected. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we're just uh, on YouTube, so we have to say the right thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not you guys do, but I don't have to. But um, yeah, it's, uh, the, the reason why it happened in the United States, I'm convinced, is because... Uh, he Anslinger was in charge of the agency that was, oh my God, a big bird just flew by. Uh, that that was uh, in charge of alcohol prohibition, which was lifted, and he was sitting around thinking, what am I going to do, and what am I going to do with all my men? And cannabis yeah. came to yeah. Bingo! Mm. What a stupid reason. So anyway, it's changing. Uh, let's talk about something even better. Uh, what could it be even? legalizing cannabis around the world i don't know <laughs> auto flowering plants do you grow yes. yourself jeff are you growing i do i do cool. grow uh in the summertime i have an outdoor greenhouse uh now exclusively autos awesome um, i fooled around for a couple of years with with getting some doing some breeding you know uh 
it was kind of fun, but I, I ended up with too many seeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's see, what else? So, and then I, I grow a couple of plants outdoors in, in soil. Uh, my goal is to grow plants in places where people walk around who aren't necessarily into cannabis uh, and either don't recognize it or wonder what that lovely little plant is in that. Mm, that plant smells delicious. What's that? Yeah, and look <laughs> at that. It goes so nicely with the petunia and the marigold and the, you know, I mean, so yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I, in the wintertime, I, uh, I, I had a wonderful tent system, uh, which I had to take down at my wife's insistence. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, but I have a new area, uh, and it's just when I stop promoting traveling and promoting the book, I will I will be I will be initiating the new grow area, the new uh, grow uh, room. You see, I yeah, swear, it's like room. there's more wives out there that prevent people from growing than the police. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right and you know, and bless her, she's she's not against cannabis. You know, mm-hmm. I can do it whenever I need to in the inside the house. Blah blah blah. She doesn't like the light at night. Right. Um, and and uh, she didn't like the smell of the of the plants in full bloom before harvest. It's a bit it pungent, and it it's very strong. I have the same issue here. I run five carbon filters, and and I'm yeah. a twenty five plant legal medical grower. So you know. Yeah. Oh man, dumb, you, you but, have uh, a good system. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's tough when your plants are just in, you know, it's just in full bloom. You gotta wait another week to get those trichomes. Just you know, and the, and the wife says, "Get those out of here! No, we're gonna wait another week. Just, you get out of here. You go. Yeah, I'll put you up someplace. No, I it was. Yeah, so that's what fun. you was thinking. You were gonna say." <laughs> right, right, and and I, and a lot of nice people have have sent me different autoflower seeds to try, and they're all different. They're all wonderful. Um, you know, some germinate easier than others, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's it's it it's really kind of amazing once you introduce somebody to an autoflowering plant. A friend comes over for dinner or something, they're hooked. They are ready to go. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm trying to. Sure. I don't. I don't know enough about the system here in Alaska. Uh, how to introduce sales of seeds is complicated. You know, you know, you guys all know. You gotta. Where did the plant come from? It's got to be tagged and every progeny and blah blah blah. blah. Uh, it's it's crazy. Oh, incidentally, I just found the. Let me see if I just found this. That that issue is one of the things that drives me. Pr- almost the most crazy uh, from a recreational legal perspective here in Canada that I can't sell my seeds that I have, you know, yeah. I have like 3000 seeds in my hand right yeah. now. And I yeah, can't exactly. Sell them. exactly. And, it's and not flower. Like it's not, it's not going to hurt anyone. Right. It's, it's not a consumable. So what's the issue is they don't get tax revenue, obviously, but I, I get it. Yeah. Important. I'm going to just stick. I don't know if this will even show. I can't, I don't Histochemical evidence of nitrogen transfer endosymbiosis in non-psychosynthetic cells of leaves for inflorescent bracts of angiosperms. Did it it get? Those are a lot fucking long words in that sentence, man. Yeah, this is this is the paper you want to read. That's got the cannabis uh, trichome information in it. Awesome, right? So if if people can just put that in their search engine, then they'll find the paper, right? 
Yeah, if they can remember, oh, or, or or they can just take a screenshot. I'm like and maybe squinting ooh. at my little tiny box on the screen, but it's up on the yeah. Like I think you can make the box bigger somehow. <laughs> you can do it later on. I don't know. Do you record these things? Like, yes, you do. Yeah, yes. yeah. We're recording uh, right now. Right. Yeah, okay. So 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 you had uh, Ed Rosenthal on Ed. Mm-hmm. Ed I, I I did Ed's soil part in, the, in his latest book. Um, awesome, great guy. He likes to be cranky, but he's a <laughs> yeah. He's, he's 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 like uh he's got this bitter sarcasm sense of humor. Oh, I think you think he's so funny. He cracks me up with some of the things he says. He's a sweetheart. He's the nicest yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a cool uh, guy, what, man. What, very prolific writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, as is jo- uh, Jorge. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think I think back too. on. I have an autographed copy of his first book. I think. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, I wonder if it's worth anything. Uh, um, I'd I buy it from you if you're selling it. Sell it. But I if you do, let me know. <laughs> I would never sell it, never sell it. Uh, but my son, uh, probably, you know, 15, 20 years later, was just sort of looking through my collection of books and he, and he sees it. You know, this is, this is my son's 42 years old right now. And uh, I disappeared for a little while, and he and his buddies grew grew a couple of plants based on George's first book. Uh, awesome! Yeah, That's so he's just sort of flicking through the book cabinet, and you know, you've got 1984, Brave New World, some Stephen King books, and then what's this one? Yeah, hey, wait a minute, the Cannabis uh, Growers Bible. What? <laughs> uh, and then Jorge came up here. Oh wow, uh, that must have freaked yeah. him out. Shit. Yeah, and yeah, I gave him a I gave him his own copy. So oh was, man, yeah, he's got his own copy. Yeah, so uh, he's in Spain, uh, and he comes to the, the United States occasionally. I missed him this last trip. Yeah, he was there um, recently, wasn't he? Yeah, and he and he uh, hangs. He comes in, hangs in Portland, and goes to, down to California. Sees Tom Alexander, and you know, visits a lot, a lot of people. Write that name down as well. Yeah, Tom Alexander. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Tell some great stories. A lot of good stories, and you know, and you know, we all know people, Mel Frank, and you know, all sorts of people who've who've really been stalwarts and who've gone to jail and have developed, you know, courses mm-hmm. for people to learn how to do stuff. And it's a heck of a sharing community. I mean, and it still is. I mean, even though there's all the com- competitive capitalism. Yeah. That's, that's new it. though. That's a new thing. Yeah. It's one of the, the problems of it being legalized. Yeah. As, but the individual growers, the old guys, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's still friendly, even though there's, they're competing for the same market. It doesn't really matter. It's just they need to they under, they need to understand that we're standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, giants yeah. like Ed and Jorge and you, all these people yeah. who put the information out well, before they was allowed to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and um, it's worth looking up Operation Green Merchant. Um, yeah, I think was... I think people will find that the history associated with that, the people, it involves uh, Australia. Uh, that was what gentleman... took, took down Neville with. Hey, the, right. Neville, Neville had the Neville. biggest seed bank in the world at that point, and exactly, uh, there exactly, was, yeah, that was some yeah, serious, it involves uh, Holland. Yeah, uh, you know, it was all put together and some. I, I, I've told Tom. I want to I want to write the book and convert it into a movie, and yeah. I, I I think he's probably a better writer, uh, and certainly a better person to do it. But 
the Operation Grey Merchant is a fascinating story, and um, it really it really influenced what happened in the United States afterwards in terms of stuff. I mean, you can imagine that. The, the people in the United States, they're all members of the Hydroponic Association. The guys on the East Coast get raided. You think they're just going to sit there? No, they, they warned everybody. There was a wave across the country. Uh, but a lot of really innocent people got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they took everything they owned. Um, a lot of stuff lost, good, too. Yeah, you know, it was not a good thing. It's going to be one of those things. In 50 years' time, the government are going to be, whoever's president, he's going to stand there on the podium and be like, we just like to extend our apologies to all the people who were affected by the war on drugs. Good luck with that one. Yeah, right. One day, what happened, man? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, at least, at least, and there's only 6,000 of them, but if you were just convicted federally on just a simple cannabis charge, you're free now. But apparently there's nobody <laughs> in prison for, uh, for federal possession of cannabis. They're, they're in there along with something else like for growing yeah. or... Yeah, but, um, but, it, but you, get, you, get, you get a pardon. So it's not on your record. It's not, uh, you know... Yeah, not, the expungement. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's at least something. It's something. Uh, anyway, indeed, it's, indeed. yeah. Beginning, I don't know yes. what goes on in England or Australia. Oh, I mean, nobody knows what's going on over here, mate. It's... <laughs> Even the I, government I don't you, know what's going on over here. It's shocking, man. I can tell you they're still locking people up for it. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Ooh. crazy, man. It's crazy. Although I did, I did see a good one yesterday, and it was on Facebook of all things. And one thing the local uh, police forces have been doing is throwing up whenever they bust a house when it's got a couple of plants in it. And I went through. There was at least three hundred comments. Not one of them was um, praising the police. It's like it was heroes. Sarcastic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all yeah. sarcastic and like it was all kind of you know um, liked and shared. Hope I win this next in line for sale. <laughs> all this sort of thing, you know. So I think the that's just sort of proving where we are as as a community, mm-hmm. as a country, um, and and as a, a a world as a whole. Really, I think we're all yeah. starting to turn that corner now. And go, you know, this is we we've been lied to, and we've been lied right. to for a very long time. Why right. do they even post think, those pictures anymore? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, like, because they they think it makes them look like they're doing something. They, they, they got to justify them. Yeah, got to justify the money spent, mate, and the amount of money yeah, that guess. goes into policing I mean, it. But like you said, everybody just shits all over them. So I don't know. Yeah. What... <laughs> well, and it's such a great source of tax revenue if they really wanted to use it. I mean, they can. Yeah. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just a stupid, stupid thing. We, when our Supreme Court legalized cannabis in 75, um, it was, again, based upon our constitution gives you a right to privacy. And you would think you've got that right to privacy. Australia must have, you, you, you must have a similar uh nope. they can't we, we get no privacy mate <laughs> i didn't even know about that until like i knew alaska had legal but i thought it was legalized in 2015 or whatever it was. yeah well that was that was on the, like on the books books or provincial uh, yeah but you could yeah i mean i remember State. i remember you could call the police and say somebody stole my plants and then of course the government comes in and the legislature and people uh a lot of it yeah i would say it but uh the, the they come in and they try to say, okay, yeah, it's legal, but you can only have four plants. No, that's not what they said. 
<laughs> we just got to seize it, do it ourselves. Uh, I mean, I think we, the election that we just went through, there's no question it was the young people who are voting for the first time, who, who uh, really flipped things the right way. And women, obviously, because we had an important uh, uh, women's issue. But but that's the same thing with regard to cannabis. And, and, and there's no question that one of the reasons why President Biden probably said as he promised to do during his campaign, uh, you know, we're going to look at rescheduling cannabis was because it was right before the election. Yeah, uh, you know, student loans, same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, do what you have to do, but let's get this over with. Yeah, I remember in 1968, 69, you know, when we were all saying, yeah, we're going to we're going to change this world. We're going to make, you know, no more Vietnam and we're going to legalize weed. And all those guys came back. They were all weeders and whew, man, it's tough, mm -hmm. but it'll happen. It will yeah. happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back in the, back in the old days, I, you know, back with George, I remember coming back from a trip to Japan on business. Uh, and I met George in Portland and uh, he immediately took me uh, in his car to some street on a subdivision and, and we got stoned. Uh, and, I, and I think back upon how paranoid we were, how uh, freaked out I was in particular. Mm. George had a much more lazy affair attitude, but I was really freaked out by it. Um, and then the last time I remember we were in Oregon. George just, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Yeah, he's, we're walking down the street. He, he just smoking a joint, you know, like it's a cigarette. And uh, never occurred to me that a policeman might come up and arrest us and put us in jail for the, for the rest of our lives. Uh, so things are changing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's good. That's It must be like so that. nice, man. I, I would just look forward to the day when a, a helicopter flies over the house and I don't have to twitch. You know, <laughs> like, uh, shit. <laughs> uh, well, in Alaska, what happened uh, <clears throat> was that people panicked because uh, they, you, you could you could grow it in the privacy of your home and you could use it in the privacy of your home or wherever you had expectation of privacy, but you weren't allowed to sell it. Mm. And they would fly over the houses in the wintertime that had large electric bills and see whether there was any snow on the roof. Uh, that's how they mm -hmm. knew whether there was a big grow in there because the heat from the lamps, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, now I, I would think you got uh, LEDs and things you can use that uh, don't don't create that much heat. Uh, hard to say. It's uh, crazy how much things changed regarding equipment as well, isn't it? And just how much easier now, it is now, nowadays now, to grow indoors. Is hemp legal in England? It, um, it is in Ireland. I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, we don't want hemp or, or real cannabis, you know. <laughs> I think CBD is legal. I know that Canada, mm -hmm. like the black market in Canada exports a shitload of, and the American black market as well, send a ton of CBD isolate over there yeah. to the UK to make yeah. Delta 8 and other bullshit. But. Yeah, I know CBD is legal in uh, uh, Ireland. Uh, I spoke over there right before COVID. Um he said the word, everybody. He said the word. Sorry, we have to. If anybody says the C word, they have All to right. smoke. Hit your bonds, everybody. Oh, hurt me. Hurt me. Definitely. I don't smoke anymore. I vaporize. The Same flower. for me. Same for me. It's nearly Same been here. a whole year, Same man. 
Yeah, yeah mine, I'm on three years now. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going back. I, you know, I couldn't think of the taste mm. is so mm. fine. Oh, so what, yeah. let, let, let me ask, what, what, are you, what are you vaping? Uh, I've got a Mighty from Stores and Bickle. I've got uh, lemon, lemon tree in it. Ah, lemon tree. Lemon tree oh, from Barney's Farm. It's a delicious strain. I won't, I won't go on to how good it is again because our listeners have heard that <laughs> so many times. They're sick of it. Come on. Really? <laughs> do it. Do it. Really? It's funny. I met a guy. His name was Ch- uh, Charles. I, I'm going to remember his last name. I'm sorry about that. I just spilled on my white rug. It's all right. You didn't spill it on my white rug. <laughs> she's going to come in and kill me. Anyway, uh, this, this fellow... What was Charles's last name? Is responsible for the lemon strains. He was over in Holland, uh, and he he did the breeding for all the lemon strains. Uh, and and uh, I would send him a little note every now and then. I I only met him a couple of times. We got, we got stoned uh, after I gave a talk in Colorado, uh, and he, he really turned me on to the idea that you know what taste that's what it's all about mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure you, you can so smoke more tasty right? weed to get just as high you know <laughs> right right i'm doing a little strawberry i got a little packs a guy gave me uh you can tell i'm cheap uh someone gives me something i'll use it uh and and this strawberry it's it's called king strawberry and i it's probably the, the top five weeds i've ever smoked or vapes nice so tasty so good uh, and again, going back to when I was with George, A, we were smoking. So we got maybe one taste. B, we didn't care about the taste. Nobody cared mm-hmm, about the taste. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, how quickly could you get yeah. stoned so you could take a couple of quick hits at a concert and put it away before you, you know, the cop mm-hmm, came. Mm-hmm, uh, yep. It's all changed. It's yeah. all changing, changing better. Yeah. So you guys, you know, in England, uh you know in, in places of australia where it's not legal and in the south uh it, it's just gonna be so good for you when mm-hmm. this all happens and it's coming oh, it's coming yeah it's oh, coming I'm, I'm already i'm already sitting here with um a dr dabba switch and and hitting some um sunset sherbet rosin so I, oh yeah i still still get into my concentrates even though it's not legal <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna say that joe like when people give you weed if i was to be able to be in a situation to give you some some of my cannabis um i would absolutely you know have to give you the best because of you know your jeff lonefels so <laughs> of course you like you know uh it must be a, a decent selection that you get from from some of your fans and stuff yeah sometimes you know <laughs> the one the one time and i hope i'm not getting in any trouble i was a judge for a festival and and I, I I went to the front door here in Alaska and there was a parcel post thing and I opened it up and there were I don't know sixteen jars with samples oh. in it uh, for the testing you know oh my God I was in heaven Whew. you know this was everybody everybody's this was an autoflower situation this was what everybody thought was their best autoflower wow wow yeah, yeah. you grow it yourself sometimes you're lucky. And and you know you get a great one, and sometimes you just get a good one. Whew, man, this was yeah. really yeah. That's one one of the best things I would say about Canadian legalization is now we're not that people didn't before, of course, but we're legally allowed to share with with each other. So there's lots of interprovince uh, mail. Yes. Yes. Uh, sampling and all this stuff. So 
Yeah, true. and there's been a real maturity, I think, of the dispensaries uh, and what's available, et cetera. I had a very bad experience, which I will I will tell people about. <laughs> I, I I went to a, a conference uh, in uh, Toronto where the promoter rented the place, did just a little bit of advertising, but they ended up taking everybody's money, all the exhibitors. I was I was there to give a talk and sell books, and you know the. the so the booths were, were up, but that was it. Uh, and very few people came and it was a week long deal. Ugh, it was terrible. It was an awful, awful experience. I go to, and, but the good thing was you could go to the dispensary, get some weed, sit around, go outside and smoke some weed, this thing. I go to leave uh, and go back to the United States and I have my vaporizer with me. This happened to be an air riser, which has a glass tube. I had no weed on me, nothing. But that glass tube had a little bit of gunk on the outside of it. Since this is such an advanced show, people can relate to that. It's just a little bit of gunk, you know, which I probably should have cleaned out with alcohol, but I, it was nothing, nothing. Uh, and I got picked up by the United States Customs. And oh my God, it was the worst experience. Wow. <laughs> and so now every time I go back and forth through customs, they're on to me. You know what I mean? They gotta oh go no, out. you're on a list and, and all that shit now. Damn. That's so because most of the states that border Canada are legal states. I mean, I it I drives me mad that that line it's like a yeah. line. It was crazy. And, and the guys weren't even really very nice about it. And I kept saying, I said, look, it, you got to know this isn't even enough to get stoned on. How? What? Well, we can measure it with our machine and, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, geez. therefore $500 fine. Oh, and this is $500 worth of cannabis. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. It was just the worst experience. And so I, I, I had since I had gone over the border into Canada I, I was I had an apple, uh, and when they came to get me to tell me that they they wanted to talk to me, uh, I put the apple in my pack. So they send you back outside, and they tell you to throw away that dispenser. You know, don't come back. I'm not going to throw away a four two hundred dollar machine. Mm -hmm. So I had some alcohol swabs. I cleaned it out perfectly. I put it back in my pack. I go back through the system where you have to go through the machines. Uh, that enters back into the United States, even though you're still in Canada. And as I'm standing online, a dog comes and sits down next to me because I have that <laughs> apple in my goddamn pack. And I end up in front of the same two guys. Oh my God. Uh, I, I mean, just couldn't funny, believe but... it. They reach in, they pull out the vaporizer and they say, you were supposed to throw this away. You know, and I said, pull the glass up and look at it. it was clean they put it back they let me through it took me until i was in ireland coming back into the united states before i told my wife that story <laughs> because she she wanted to know why were we being delayed and they were going <laughs> my socks yeah i had to fess up to the story so anyway that's what happened brutal Not much ado about nothing though for sure Mm. But Canada has some very good shows, and I think I'm going to be at one in Vancouver in early early January, early February. It's a lift related show. So what about Spanabis? Are you headed to Spanabis? 
you know, I, somebody suggested that I should do it. I don't speak Spanish. And so I said, why? why? But somebody said, you don't need to. Don't you see? That see? see? <laughs> That'll do. Just say yes to everything, right? <laughs> yeah. No, or I just stand there with George and let him. He, George mm -hmm. can. Uh, mm -hmm. And he know, speaks he good Spanish as well. He's oh my God, it's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. He ever stood next to George though? No, <laughs> I mean, no. It's the same thing with it. I mean, I, Ed, I got even with, but I mean, you know, you stand next to George at something like the Emerald Cup. I mean, and he because he's got that long blood here, he's mm -hmm. instantly recognizable, etc. You know, and you're feeling pretty good because you've been selling some books, and people come up, hey, Jeff, I read just, you know. Uh, but you stand next to George, mm -hmm. uh, you might as you might as well be, uh, you know, a pimple on his ass, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't know who the hell you are. George yeah. is there. Holy crow. So I was standing next to Ed once uh, at an Emerald Cup selling books. And uh, finally, Ed, Ed came up to me and he said, good God. People know who you are, don't they? Because uh, I was selling a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> And I said, yeah, Ed, because I'm not grumpy. No. <laughs> Savage. But you yeah, stand next funny. to those guys and you you know what fame is and you know you don't have. Uh, but they wow. do. Holy crow. Uh, yeah. But so, but yeah, I would love to go to, I would love to go to Spain and, and do that. That would be a fun one. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I don't know whether I could do a show like I just did here, you know, but they... I'm sure you could. If you contact the organizers, I bet they'd love to have you over there. Mate. People would probably be into that, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah it would be fun. It'd be I'd fun. go to that if I was in Spanish, was for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Okay, but let's set one up in Australia, for God's sakes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bubba Hawk snuck out. He had to Get go to it. work. Yeah, he, he had to go to work. Out. I got to run yeah. to work pretty quick here, too, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's right. And it's nine o'clock at night at some place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nine o'clock for me. I'm easy going. It's only yeah, three here, but I do the evening shift at the yeah. distillery. Uh, uh, ah. Well, you guys are good guys. This is fun. As you can tell, you can hardly shut me up. Oh man, it's uh, been it's been awesome. Oh, we yeah. we want to have you back again as soon as possible. Whenever you're free. Yeah, cool. I'm reti I'm retired anytime. You know what I mean? Uh, any plans of I'm, any more books though? I, you know, I always say this after I finish a book. Never know, again. Shoot me, <laughs> shoot me if I think about writing one. The, pro the process is, thank God for dope. Let's start. There. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can tell from reading my books, I'm pretty stuck. No, you go into this hole. You have to go into a rabbit hole, a friend of mine calls it. You go into this rabbit hole and you, you kind of lay everything out. And it's all there and you're by yourself and you're down there working. And all of a sudden you hear this, could you stop smoking so much dope with the door open? You know, it's the wife. <laughs> and you're in the hole. You got to pop. I don't mean to pick on my wife. I love her. You come up out of the hole and you're out. You know, oh, God damn it. Now I got to fix this and the toilet's running over or whatever. And you end up having to go back down that hole. It's not so easy to do. It's a pain in the ass to write a book. Mm -hmm. don't, I'm not, I don't recommend it to anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I, I can say personally, and I can probably speak for everybody listening, that I definitely, you know, I have them here. I, pre I don't have the fourth one yet, but I will be definitely picking it up very soon. I appreciate your books very much. I, I volunteer with my local compost, uh, um, like, we, we go around the city and teach people how to compost properly kind of thing. And I've been working hard to integrate these three into our, our program of, of teaching new coaches to uh, 
and and the, the the leader or the the head of the organization actually has this one now and she brings it to to every uh, class we teach because they're they're so thorough but like you say they're i don't know to put it uh kind of dumbly dumbed down so that anyone can really understand it which is really important you know why now it's it's because i'm dumb (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) but there there is there is a rule in that first one teaming with microbes uh there are 19 rules in the back of the book uh, of the soil food web there used to be 20 rules but my publisher wouldn't let me print the last rule Uh, (laughs) and the, the last rule was don't lend this book to anybody. Make them go out and buy their own. Oh. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. You, we, I actually just got this book deal. back from somebody really? I lent it to yesterday because yeah. you were coming on and I wanted to make sure I had the trilogy here, but I'm going to actually write that in the empty space on the on the page here. So. <laughs> just so I remember. Yeah, I, I, nobody ever asked me, why are there only 19? That's weird. <laughs> Uh, because we're not allowed to talk about rule 20 rule 20 is fight club yeah rule 20 is a fight club is right rule 20 is don't mention the c word right that's right or maybe or maybe mention it i don't yeah it's safe man you know this is how we get our quota in you know (laughs) yeah great yeah Yeah, i I remember doing this uh the first time saying to myself god what would my mom think about this me standing here you know <laughs> what would my I'm, I'm retired what would my clients think of this uh i'm a lawyer by trade uh you know <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah man well i'm sure a lot of them would have appreciated it you know i hope so i yeah. hope so uh but not as much as i appreciate you guys and what you do and let me come on out here oh no uh, man no thanks for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. It's was... my pleasure. You got my email there. If anybody has any questions, I don't answer them right away sometimes because I get too many of them. Uh, but I always try to get to them. Uh, and let's do this again for sure. Absolutely. I'll contact you by email because I'm going to get in touch with Chris Trump for you and see if we can organize oh, yeah. something there with both of you because that would be an awesome show to discuss with, between you two. Yeah, Definitely would be. Yeah. Yeah. Names are very. Maybe very when we do familiar. like compost type, you know, when we're getting more into compost teas and talking about that stuff, maybe Jeff would uh, be uh, so kind to come on and give his insight into some of mm-hmm. these topics. I have nothing else to do. Just call me. <laughs> we'll hold you to that. I will contact you. Be like, you um, to being on the show yeah. on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. What you said there about nothing to do? Yeah. 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 Cool. I'm always ready. You just let me know. Awesome. I will do. I will do. But we'll let you go and relax because we kept you here for two hours now. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, uh, yeah. I, to I am going to get in. I am going to get in trouble. No, <laughs> You're supposed to be cutting the grass. <laughs> That'll do. It, it, that was so me on the ground. I can't That's cut right. the grass. There's, there's nothing for me to do, so I'm I'm bulletproof on this one now. So awesome. Nice. Anyway, awesome. I certainly appreciated it. Uh, it's been fun, and uh, I don't even know how to get out of this thing. So hopefully. Maybe somebody will disconnect. Uh, I, I can kick you out, but I don't want to do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, the end? Yeah. No, this is not the end. This is just the beginning of a beautiful relationship. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> nice. Good. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, man. Have a good well. evening, man. I will kick you out. I'll, I'll okay. remove you now. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you very, thank you very much pleasure. again, mate. Thanks, Jeff. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye, man.
And there we go. That was Jeff Lowenfowler. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. It was an epic one. Really enjoyed this one myself, and I'm sure the rest of the panel did as well. If you want to find out more about Jeff Lowenfowler, then all you have to do, go to your search engine, Google, DuckDuckGo, any of the search engines you use, and just search for Jeff Lowenfowler, and you'll find everything you need about him right there. Make sure you check out Jeff's books as well. You just, you'll just you be able to find them on his website. Make sure you buy them. Uh, they are super cool, good series of books and a real good resource to have for any gardener, whether it's for cannabis or anything else. Anyway, epic interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you share it if you can. That's always important to us. We need you to help the show grow. I hope you can share this episode, but of course don't do it if it's going to get you into any trouble. We'll catch you on Sunday for the live show over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown. And we'll catch you on Friday for the grow guides as well. So I hope you have a good week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy the next one. And thank you as always for downloading and listening to the show. It's always a pleasure. See you soon, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.